0: Hey there, Anna Guest Jelly here. Welcome to Love Curvy Yoga, the podcast where we talk about and practice all things body affirming and yoga. Now let's get into it. Welcome everybody. So... In a recent episode, we talked about an intuitive eating type approach to yoga practice. And if you haven't listened to that yet, I definitely recommend that you go check it out. I will link to it in the show notes. It is season three, episode eight. So, what I've been thinking about in the past week or so is what practice has to teach us about how we want to show up in the world. And if you've been around anything curvy yoga in the past year or so, you'll know that one of the things that we've been talking about that I've been thinking about a lot is how do we make practice a regular and sustainable part of our lives. And so I'm curious about how we might apply this in our off-the-mat lives in a bigger way and how we show up for the world in creating the kind of social change that we want to see in the world. So I'm not only talking about yoga and how that can help us show up, though we will talk about that, but really this practice framework specifically. So in that episode about an intuitive eating type approach to yoga practice, I talked about working within a practice framework and we talked about how practice exists outside of success or failure and inside of showing up day after day. We also talked about collaborating with your body and prioritizing checking in with yourself over achievement. So I want to think about each of those in relationship to how we want to show up for and collaborate in creating the world that we want to see. Because I think that for me at least, one of the real fruits of my yoga practice has been Being more connected to my body, feeling more grounded in what is true for me, and that helps me show up in every part of my life, including our communal lives. So with the practice framework, first I'll say that I personally believe that we need many different approaches to create social change, and that each of us has a part to play. And it's not only okay that we don't all do it the same, but that it's actually necessary. If we are all doing the exact same thing, we would be neglecting a whole bunch of other stuff that also needs to get done. So I'm a big believer that everyone has to contribute in their own way. And yoga and body acceptance, a practice framework asks us to be, really to be in close conversation with ourselves on an ongoing basis. So we've talked many times here about how you know, neither yoga nor body acceptance is a one and done kind of scenario in any way. (laughs) Um, That's how we're trained to think about it, that we will, you know, do it with vigor for a couple weeks or a couple months or maybe generously a couple years and then we'll be done with it. And what I think is that this has this kind of flame up and burn out approach that feels very similar to what it's like to be on a diet, the binge-restrict approach, and anytime you're doing that kind of cycle, no matter what it is, whether it's related to food, whether it's related to activism, whether it's related to yoga, you often find yourself right back where you started because you didn't create a structure that would support yourself over the course of time. But when you take this day-by-day approach, and sometimes even an hour-by-hour approach, (laughs) you find a surprising number of ways to stay connected to yourself and to grow your relationship to yoga, to body acceptance, to yourself, and to your body. So that it becomes really woven, I would say, into the fiber of who you are. So one thing I'm curious about right now, and I mean, I'm just going to tell you I don't have any answers to this, But one thing I'm curious about is if the same thing might be true about how we engage with each other in the world. What would it look like to view the way we show up for the world as a practice? And as a practice in the sense of being in an ongoing conversation with yourself and with the community around you in regular, doable, and sustainable ways. And that might sound like, oh, you're going to have to be, you know, like talking to people on Facebook all day, every day, which if you're anything like me right now, might sound like the last thing that you want to be doing. (laughs) Um, That is not what I mean, though. I really mean conversation in a broader sense. So connecting with your neighbors, um, staying informed for sure, but not deluging yourself to the point you feel like you're drowning and are of no use to anyone else, really contributing your piece to the whole and knowing that no one person does it on their own, that what we do is we do it together, and then noticing where your heart is calling you and starting right there. So one of the questions that I like to ask myself on a regular basis, and I'm sure you might have heard me say this before, is what does my body need and how can I meet that need in this moment with the resources that I have on hand? and that last part I think is really key because sometimes we feel like oh what our body needs is something that's going to require an you know extravagant amount of time or money or some other resource energy even that we don't have to give. So when we can ask ourselves how can we meet our body's need with the resources we have on hand it lets us stay engaged in the conversation rather than just being like this is impossible there's no way that I can ever participate or, you know, make this work with my body, therefore I'm just going to give up. So I'm interested in thinking about this question on a broader scale. What does the world need today? And how can I meet that need with the resources that I have on hand? And sometimes world feels really huge. (laughs) And so you can, you know, shape that question however makes sense for you. What does my community need today? Um, What does my neighbor next door need today? You know, you, I think how you frame it is up to you, but I think this is an interesting thing to consider, the today element, as well as the resources I have on hand element, because it keeps us in it. It doesn't make it feel so insurmountable. It makes it feel like we're doing our bit every day from this way that becomes woven into the fiber of who we are, same as we were just talking about. So related to this is that point about collaborating with your body that we talked about a minute ago. And I just want to share a little bit from the email that I sent out this week. And I will link to it so you can read it in full if you haven't read it or if you're not subscribed to the emails. And one of the things that I said in there, I was talking about how it matters to practice yoga right now, how it doesn't matter. And this is what I was thinking about in terms of why practicing yoga right now. It's because yoga helps you to pay attention and we sure need more of that in this world. Yoga helps you to reconnect to your own body and therefore wisdom. And we sure need more of that in this world. And yoga helps you respond to your physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual needs, which in turn helps you to be internally resourced for showing up for yourself and others. And we sure need more of that in this world. If you are feeling called to get more engaged in creating the world you want to live in, you are going to need your body, full stop. Not only will staying connected to your body fill your tank, it's also the source of just so much wisdom and power. I believe we can do more grounded and lasting work when we are embodied and that that is particularly true for people who have been told that their bodies are the last place that they are allowed or encouraged to be. And many of those messages are flying around right now. The other thing to know here is that sometimes you won't be connected to your body. Guess what, I wasn't last week for many days. Sometimes you'll be scared or fried or exhausted or numb or distracted and you won't be connected with your body. You will start to burn out and back off. You'll start to completely disengage and then pull yourself back. Being involved with a world doesn't require you to be perfect. That is that same flame up and burnout diet approach we were just talking about, sneaking back in. What it asks is for you to use that practice framework and collaborate with your body. Because here, you know, here's the truth. We have these ideas like, I would like to be more aware in the world. I would like to be more connected to my body. And we say more but somehow we make it that that means all of the time. And if it's not all of the time, then we often will beat ourselves up, criticize ourselves, stop trying altogether. But the truth is, no one is connected to their body all of the time. That is not a thing. It's good to know that. What we're in is a conversation, a practice, an ebb and a flow. And that kind of brings me to the next point here that I want to talk about, which is prioritizing checking in over achievement. And even when I say that, I react to it. Like, we have a lot to achieve right now, (laughs) is how I'm feeling. Um, And, you know, in fact, it feels that way so much that it's easy to feel overwhelmed about knowing where to start. So last week as I was calling my elected officials, I was just like, where am I going to start with, what, with the, everything that I want to tell them and ask them for? And same thing about which organizations to donate time and money to. It feels like everything um, needs that and I would like to give that. When I noticed that overwhelm, though, I took just a small step back, not by closing it all down and saying it's too much, though it does feel that way from time to time, but really by seeing where my heart is calling me first and starting right there, because I believe that there's nowhere else to start but right where you are. You know, people often say that they can't do yoga because they're not flexible, like that is something very common <laughs> that people say that yoga teachers hear. Um, and what I say to that, and what many yoga teachers say to that, is you don't have to be flexible to start yoga. <laughs> it's something that might unfold over time as you continue to practice. Because we get a lot of messages that say if you're not already flexible, you can't do yoga. If you can't already, touch your toes, if you can't foresee a day where you'll be, you know, standing on your head with both arms up in the air, you know, whatever, um, then you might as well not even try. But we all start with the body that we have. And that's not only a thing that is okay, that is a thing that is concrete reality. There is no other way. To start, And the same thing I think is true of body acceptance, you know, so often we can think, well, if I haven't become accepting of my body overnight, then clearly I'm a failure at this and I shouldn't continue. But that's not the case. It starts right now. It starts with this body, even if there are, are things about it that you're not accepting right now. If that's true, that makes sense. <laughs> that's where pretty much everyone starts with body acceptance. They don't start it already being body accepting. Why would they need it? <laughs> You start from that place where you are with this body, not in the future when X, Y, and Z conditions that you place on yourself come to fruition, if they ever do. And I think the same thing is true of this moment right now, that change starts now with the heart and resources that we have. We don't have to, and honestly, we cannot wait for a hypothetical perfect future nor can we start at the end. That's not only not productive, it's not possible. So one of the things that I can do in addition to what I'm doing personally and locally is create resources that support each of us in connecting with our practice in specific, regular, and actionable ways so that our on-the-mat practice can support us in our off-the-mat lives. And I want to keep thinking about and talking with you about this because I think we're going to need our own infrastructure moving forward, one that can sustain us in our personal and in our communal lives, one that broadens our relationship with ourselves without adding another to-do to the checklist that makes it about weaving it into that very fabric of our practice and lives. So if you have ideas about that, that would be um, helpful for you along those lines, definitely let me know. I have some things I'm kicking around and we'll be definitely talking with you about that moving forward. In the meantime, I am releasing one of our Curvy Yoga Studio practices for you for free. It's called Working With Difficult Emotions. It is 30 minutes in length and I have linked to it in the show notes. So you can check that out if that would be useful for you. Okay, let's take one breath together here to close. We'll inhale and exhale. The light in me honors the light in you. Thanks for being here. Thanks for listening to Love Curvy Yoga.